Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. What's up, y'all? It's Davey R. with Blackcent. It's Jasmine with the New Black Collective, and this is Stories of the Streets. And we want to thank y'all for tuning in to the last episode that we're recording um, this year, actually. And this is kind of a, a real special episode. We're kind of deep diving into the history of Waco that people really don't really acknowledge a lot. And to help us doing that, to help us do that today is um, a fellow Blackcent member. We got uh, Vincent Thomas in the building. Hey, how y'all doing? Good. Yeah, thanks for tired. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming. I feel. Um, do you have anything that you want to say? This is start it off. No. Oh, stories of the streets is sponsored by Rogue Media Network, Change Waco, New Black Collective, and Black Scent. Um. Yeah, so we said you start off kind of with uh. Do you want to start off with kind of like you getting into art and you and talk about like the mural first? Yeah, we could start off talking about how I got into art. Oh, oh you're an art too? Yeah. You know, I got the gear on. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we, um, we have to paint today as well. So at 2 p.m., everybody should be on site, but I'm going to go a little early. Yeah. But, um, yeah, how did you, um, when did you first start like painting and drawing and stuff like that? Or when did you first realize that you kind of had a like feel like a for talent. it? Yeah. Honest, honestly, I would say that it was at a very young age. Um, I had saw my mom as an influence, mm-hmm. and she would like draw. She's like an artist. Well, she was an artist. She'd do like fashion sketches and stuff like that. But she also draw stuff with my grandma. So I just remember at a very young age picking up like her her artwork and being like intrigued by it. Yeah. And then she had, um, my parents had got me, like, those etching sketch pads yeah. for Christmas one time. And I just remember always drawing on it, like, cartoons, like, Spongebob or, like, Mickey Mouse and stuff like that. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is, um, if somebody else can see what I'm drawing, like, oh, that's Spongebob. I must be uh, pretty decent. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't really start um, knowing that I could draw, draw until high school. Makes sense. And that's when I started drawing, like, people. Yeah. And then somebody was like, oh, well, like, I want to buy this. And then I was like, you want to buy my art? Like, what you mean? <laughs> <laughs> and then just from there, I just really honed on to the talent because my mom, she um, gave me advice to, like, keep practicing. Don't don't stop practicing your craft, even if, you know, you don't always feel inspired. Just keep going because it's going to make you a better um, artist. It is. So that's how I started, you know. Personal experience. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. She no, makes, for real, for real. She's like she does a lot of our logos and like um promotions and oh, stuff okay. like that. Just send it to me randomly. I didn't I'm know like, that. how long did it take you to do this? <laughs> like, this is great. Like I could never do it. It takes like five minutes now, but like your mom <laughs> said, like the practice is what makes the difference. And people are like, 
how'd you do that? I was like, I mean, now it's like secondhand nature to me. Yeah, instinct. And once you get it, it's mm-hmm. it's there. It's cool. I feel that. I feel that. I used to try to draw, huh? That's terrible. <laughs> okay, I cannot. <laughs> my best is stick figures, and that's about it. I draw houses really well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so now you're kind of a uh, like what? How do you kind of describe like? the business you know of you like painting like kind of do people hit you up and kind of ask you to come in and paint projects or yeah um i really do a lot of different things Hmm. so i just don't only paint and draw like i do photography and i also do graphic design because that's what i got my degree in from texas state technical college and then um but uh, i get hit up for a lot of different stuff all the time yeah but when it comes to drawings i just really try to um at this point, I try to get clientele that is like serious about the work. They really, either they really want some artwork done, or mm-hmm. you know, they they know about the art culture, so um, they understand what it's like to be an artist in a way. Yeah. Um, because at the beginning of the stage, you know, you get a lot of people that don't understand what it's like to be an artist. They don't um, think that it takes much time or. Um, they want to get discounts, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm over here in the Hallelujah corner because people do not understand the technique that you have to learn on your own because nobody's teaching mm-hmm. you. They don't understand the time that you've put into what you've done, and they're like, "You're really gonna charge me so and so eight mm-hmm. dollars?" I am, and if you don't want to pay it, then that's that's fine that's as well. Like, like you, you know, know, it's 2020. You gotta support <laughs> black businesses <laughs> at this point. No, for real. Um. I've seen, like, I have a lot of friends that are artists, you know, that can draw and stuff like that, and they're real, like, perfectionists. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a real serious thing. Like, I'll see it, and I'm like, that looks fine. Like, I could never do nothing like that. And they're like, no, this is what's wrong with it. This is what's wrong with yeah. it. And I'm like, if you say so, like, all right, like, you know, whatever, do it. You know, make it to how you want it. You know, make it your own. And I, I like, fully support that. I get that. Um, I feel that a little bit with editing, like, when I do videos and stuff oh, like yeah. that a little bit. I'm like, this doesn't time up with the music exactly how I want it to, or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. and it's stressing me out, but other people are like, it looks fine. I'm like, no, it's not. It looks fine, but it doesn't sync up the way and I want it to. And that stuff really take, like, hours. People don't understand. It takes hours and hours out of your day. That's yeah. a job, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if you was to clock in or clock out somewhere else, you're doing the same thing exactly. when you do touching your craft. So It's just different because it is your craft. So it's a, a passion behind it. Whereas, you know, when you work in a normal nine to five, you at any moment, like, okay, I, I'll quit if this happens. Like, if yeah. the next thing happens, I'm walking out the door. But you're not going to quit your, your craft. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Um, But, all right, so start telling us about, like, the mural that y'all are working on right now. I got you. Well, I guess I should start, like, describing how I even got to that point. Okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, no. But um, feel free to go. <laughs> like, I have moved, um, due to the fact that I felt like you know the art culture really wasn't a place where my talent can grow here. Like, mm. there's not a lot of avenues or opportunities at first. Like, at least five years ago, or even like six, seven years ago, I mm. I didn't really see you know a place for me here. So I had moved and um started doing work outside of the state, like in Atlanta or new york or california and then it was just like such a fast pace and i was so young that i took a break and i ended up um, moving to new mexico where you know i just spent a lot of time just dive deep in like trying to get back to my roots trying to get back to uh, my faith and how just like i felt personally because i felt like um that's when i produced my best artwork yeah. and so 
taking that time out, you know, I ended up having a son, and I so um, we decided as a family to move back to Waco because we have family here and want to get support. But also just during that time of, like, self-evaluation, I felt like deep in my soul, um, God was telling me to come back, you know, come mm-hmm. back to Waco, go back to your home, put your talent in your community. Um, I didn't understand what that meant at the time, but I was like, oh, man, I just moved back. Like, I just moved away from here literally mm-hmm. a year ago. Like, I wanted to spend some time in the mountains, like, at least a few years and stuff. Just, like, really just experience something new. And then I was just like, dang, like, I'm really being called back to Waco. Like, what is what does Waco got for me? <laughs> and I wasn't, I really wasn't trying to, like, you know, stay in tune with Waco at the time, like, keep up and stuff. But I still follow people, but I wasn't really um on my phone and stuff a lot. So I didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. So I, have, I was like a blind eye coming back. Yeah. And then um, I just trusted it, you know trusted the trusted what was being spoke to me and i was like okay you know i'm gonna come back and see see what's up see what's popping try to uh put my talents to use but if if it's not going it's not happening i'm gonna have to <laughs> i'm at a dip yeah um but then i moved back black lives matter stuff happened you know that's how we met at the protests and stuff like that yeah. and blacks and just led us to you know a whole nother avenue and it made me realize like okay art can be much more even though I knew that before, because, you know, you had Trayvon Martin and stuff like that. Um, I had did some stuff like that that went um, viral on Facebook. But um, I was like, I want to do something more. Like, just then, just using my comfortability. Like, I want to step out of my comfort zone and actually get active. Yeah. Um, and not saying that artists not active, but um, in a different form. And pretty much that led me to realize, like, okay, I got to really use my my voice in a new way like I got to really stay true to the message or what I'm really trying to convey if I don't feel it then it's not gonna I shouldn't put it out you know um I had got with Creative Waco through the Make It Through Corona fund or Make It In Waco fund that they had and we did the chalk mural um on City Center Waco and a lot of people was just like driving by in East Waco just supporting and hunking their horns like you know, come up to me, talk to me, ask me about it and stuff like that. And so just feeling that support, even though it wasn't like a huge payout, it was just like feeling that encouragement from the community, knowing that I was actually like spreading something positive made me feel really good. And I knew I was doing the right thing. Um, And I seen what it was doing for the youth too. And so they had reached out to me again and it was like, okay, like this makes perfect sense. You and this other artist collaborating on this mural in East Waco. Not only are you from there, but um, you should, um, you know, it's like a direct connection. Um, they were aware of that, but they also didn't want to um, be, um, I guess, disrespectful to the times right now where, you know, if you're going to touch into a community that has a lot of African-American rich history, you want to use somebody, you know, a black artist, you know, yeah. a black or brown artist somebody that comes from that community. Yeah. Um, so they was like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. Um, they offered me the job. And it's been an interesting process because just like I started off wanting to be intentional, like getting research, getting interviews, just hearing back from residents who lived there for a long time. And um, I actually had met a resident doing the door-to-door that we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just her energy really like struck me like you could tell that she's been there for a minute and that um she just knew something because she she moved around like she knew her worth like she knew what what was going on she was waving to other people in the community people was driving by saying what's up to her so i was like okay this is somebody who's like active must at least like 
must be wanting to be active in, in her neighborhood. So I knew that I wanted to reach out to her again for this project, and I did. And she just sat me down, and um, she go by Miss G. And she um, sat me down and just, like, really spent a lot of time with me trying to cultivate and um, help me understand different things that happen in Waco that I may not have um always known yeah. and it realized it made me realize i didn't know a lot i didn't know anything <laughs> like i was like oh man so um that was like a majority of my project um like just gaining wisdom going to different p- places like um the jockey club or um going to maryland's or doris miller memorial um or just going to all of these different, you know, spots in East Waco that has influenced East Waco a lot and getting a feel for them, um, trying to see what I feel and trying just to imagine all the stories that they were telling me, like how Elm Avenue was really a, a place where music and everything was vibrating. Like you seen people out, you seen community. It was like almost like a black it was Wall popping. Street. It was, it was popping. <laughs> and then you have Clifton Street that had, you know, the theaters yep. and you have people like Ike and Tina, James Brown, Ida James that would go over there and perform there. It's like, we hear all of these different stories about David Koresh or Magnolia and not to discredit anything that they have going on, but it's just like, you don't hear this yeah. a lot. And why isn't this pushed to the forefront? You know what I'm saying? When it's such good, strong history. Um, instead, you hear the stereotypes about East Waco. Like, oh, the prostitution, the drugs, all of this stuff. That, and that um, was more fighting. downtown Waco. Yeah. And it's just like, um, you hear those stereotypes. That's just not true. Um, or you just, you know, people say that, you know, East Waco's dying or it's dead. It's nothing over there for us and stuff like that. So I just feel like, being active in a project like this where you have a big wall to put up a message um i could not deny it you know what i'm saying despite who was in it despite whatever was going on i just knew i had to put my place and my foot into it so that i made sure that the community was heard you know what i'm saying um i'm not sure what would happen if i would have declined it but I'm super glad that I didn't. Um, no, of course. A lot of people have been giving me amazing feedback. Um, they feel the message. They understand it. Um, and I'm pretty sure y'all want to know what it is, you know, the message. <laughs> but it's like the tree of life. And pretty much this tree of life is telling the hist- some historical moments of East Waco where you have the Green Book. Um, you have Waco Eastern Little League. Uh, you have Parkland College, stuff like that, doctors that came out of East Waco, teacher, Miss um, Hodges or Miss Wixerson. Um, you have um, families like the Gooden family or the Harvey family. You have the McDowell's who got the funeral home. You got so much history coming out of Waco where you see these little moments in the mural. But the overall feel and aesthetic is the tree of life because we wanted to touch on that spectrum of life and death, like a full, a full birth of a community. And what each day of the week represents where you have Sunday, where you got the spiritual factor, you go to church, you got the organizational study and reading, uh, Monday, where you just, you know, healing, intuitional, uh, motherhood, and stuff like that. You just get it all the way through to all the way to Saturday. So um, it's a big mural, and it's very colorful. So hmm. once it's finished, I hope y'all check it out. Where is it at? <laughs> um, it's on 713 Elm Avenue. Okay. Yeah. And it's at, it's at the um, New Bank. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. And that has a lot of history too. <laughs> 100 years worth of history. Um, 
that that used to be like you know grocery store for the old Safeway. Um, it used to be like um, for the you know community um, gatherings and stuff like that meetings where they would make decisions, organizational decisions, stuff like that. Mm. So just it, just that building being there for so long, and it having new you know type of industries or avenues that could benefit a community. I feel like TFMB. They are aware that they are not, um, you know, uh, from that community, but they want to be, I guess, intentional with trying to say, hey, we're not trying to step in and be just intrusive. We want to offer something while we're here. Right. And and we want to hear you guys out. Um, so, so far, I feel like they have tried, you know, their best. I'm not saying they're perfect. I don't think anybody's perfect, mm-hmm. but um, I believe that they're trying their best to be intentional. Uh, um. When do you think the mural will be done? January. January. That's where it's um proposed to be done, done. Yeah. We were supposed to be done in December, but Corona times. Yeah. With the rain, we miss it like a lot of dates. No, I miss it. I mean, I believe that. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy. It's not crazy, but it's, I'm glad that we brought up the East a little bit and, you know, went into the history, Um, you know, kind of a little bit and just touched on it because I had reached out to people on our Instagram and told yeah. them to kind of send in topics and like questions, mm-hmm. and one of the one of the things that somebody mentioned. Wait, let me see. I didn't even know we had questions. I I, I just <laughs> threw it up like today before we um. This is cool. Okay, I feel <laughs> official. Um, one of the topics was like gentrification um in East Waco, mm. and uh we had a good friend like we have a good friend that talks a lot about that like you yeah. know the gentrification that's spreading out throughout Waco. And I, I had thought of it when I read the suggestion. I had thought about um these new apartments that they built like right across from the the bridges, like right off MLK. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is kind of clean. Like you know, I've been wanting to like uh, possibly move out and stuff like that. So I was looking at them because um, they're over there, you know, kind of in the east, but it's still just in the, they're like I think it's in a dope spot. Like mm-hmm. I don't think it's like you know I don't I don't buy into all the stereotypes and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I don't have no issue like moving over there. Um. And they're supposed to have like a rooftop pool and like all this, you know, cool stuff that you know, because Waco, you know, is trying to, you know, you know, boost itself a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I called and checked on prices, and I think it was like, um, like a thousand twenty-five for like the first floor, thousand fifty for the second floor, thousand seventy-five for the third floor. It like went up like twenty-five for it every floor, but it was like yeah. it was like these aren't. It's not worth that, you know. Like, and then why don't y'all put this like smack mm-hmm. it over here in the east when y'all could have put something a little bit more beneficial to like the people over there in the east, like you know. So yeah. I, 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 um, I love like the fact that you know we do these murals and you know that we try to we're really pushing black businesses like you know um Boardwalk on Elm is over there and mm-hmm. I think they got a new food truck that they, I've seen parked over there. So yeah, they, yeah, they just yeah, got one. That's that's dope. And uh, True Jamaica's over there in the East. And, like, you know, Wings of Waco is a Union Hall, and that's all Franklin. But, like, there's still more that Waco could do, you know, to kind oh, of yeah. help, you know, this this community that's really, you know, that like we said, it's not getting talked about, and that's getting just kind of dragged in the mud and ignored. Because um, that's ridiculous. So, you know, the apartment's being that, you know, expensive, and there's plenty of other places y'all could have put that instead of, you know, there and put something else to just reinvest into the community. But... Um, I don't want that to discredit the mural. Like the mural, I think it's yeah. a really dope project. And uh, um, I saw you sent me like the little like I guess prototype picture that y'all put together, or whatever. And this yeah. I'll show it to you like later. But it's really it's really cool. It's a really like dope. Thank you. Um, yeah, 
I like the, I don't know, I like the concept of it. I can't wait to see it, like, fully realized. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a difference between a mural and um, capitalism. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. I take everything personal, and people always ask me, what do you think about East Waco? That's where, that's my home. Yeah. Like, my family's mm-hmm. been there for generations and generations. And so, to me, um, it's a mess. And people say, well, this is good, but... It's not good when it's not benefiting the people that have been there for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. And when you get investors um, finding your family's phone numbers, harassing them, telling them, I'm going to give you $20,000 cash for Mm -hmm. a home that's appraised at almost $200,000, that's a problem for me. And so um, I think it it makes me feel a certain way because I want to be a part of a lot of stuff and I want to be a part of projects, but I also don't know how they benefit us in the long run. And I'm always constantly thinking like if they push my family out, they have nowhere to go. Y'all don't want them where they've been settled for hundreds of years, but then you don't want them in your neighborhoods either. So Mm -hmm. it's like as much as um, people think, well, this is just, you know, this is the, it's the sign of the times and everything has to grow. It does have to grow, but it needs to also benefit the people that have been there building that, area for all of these years and if you're going to push them out it makes no sense to say that it's growing when it doesn't benefit the families that have made east waco what it is because you lose the history like you push everybody out like we're gone and you don't have that history anymore and so i i think about stuff like that because i'm thinking about well i mean the funeral home is over there and like two funeral homes in east waco Mm -hmm. not just one two funeral homes in east waco and my family lives on the side that's where they put the new stadium so that's prime property Mm. so they're really trying to get them out of their neighborhood so it's just kind of hard to watch um i'm glad that we own our land but i'm glad too (laughs) yeah (laughs) the way that they're trying to buy them out and lowballing them is just it's kind of sad because it's like you take away where they've lived because you want to build commercial buildings. And it really doesn't make any sense to me because mm-hmm. we can't even keep the people who are leasing the stuff at the marketplace in those buildings without it being a new restaurant every six yeah. to 12 months. Yeah. So it's like, why, mm-hmm. what is the point of you building new things that don't, you don't last? There's no success to them when y'all could just go out there and rent, rent pay somebody else, um, yeah. rent their building and mind your business over there and leave people where I've been because a lot of those people over there, like you said, they've been there their entire lives. They're in their 70s and their 80s. So mm-hmm. it's like, at this point, I feel like you're bullying them and I have a problem. And it's like, some of them are not cognitive enough anymore mm-hmm. to even negotiate in win that negotiation so it's just kind of sad to watch is as much as you know m street is growing i feel like a lot of the business is there and not to be biased or anything but they're not black owned anymore Mm. um and when i grew up the entire m street was open and it it was black owned. and i'm not 30 so that says a lot so in 20 something years y'all have went and totally changed the dynamic of what m street is like Miss Marilyn has been there my entire life. The Jockey Club has been there my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of beauty shops, um, little boutiques and things like that. Mm-hmm. Of course, Lee's. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were all mm-hmm. black and brown businesses. And so the whole um, block or two that's close to MLK yeah. is gentrified. And it's so you come in and you take a portion of something, but you say that you're wanting to preserve it for the black community. That's a lie. And you need to call it what it is. It's called gentrification. It's not urban development at mm-hmm. all. It's not. 
And so I think the biggest issue, I love that, you know, the bank has been very inclusive. I will say that is the only business that I have seen that mm-hmm. has went and planted their roots on the street that has been inclusive because my family was in that commercial. My family owns yeah. Boardwalk on them. So that's like, that's who we are. Like that's my mm-hmm. family. And so they, they are the ones that live over there mm. by the stadium. Our great grandmother's house is the one that they tried to buy for $20,000. So for me, it's personal because not only is my dad's side from there, but my mom's yeah. side is literally a street over from my grandmother, my great grandmother's house. So it's like y'all are really playing the monopoly with us, yeah. and you try to make it Who's sound sweet. My mom, her name is uh, Roxanne. I'm a Bledsoe. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot of. I'm in a yeah. place where I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, I feel you. I feel you. I feel okay, you. now y'all want to play games, but my mom, um. My mom, she's worked for JCPenney for over 20 years, so I understand how corporations work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not always been sweet. They've not always been understanding, and when they want something, they want it. And oh, yeah. it doesn't matter if it's at the expense of their employees or different things like that. You yeah, lose right. that human value. Yeah, yeah. Right, for real. Especially the higher up you go in the corporation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's nuts. And so, like, just knowing how corporations operate, because I've had to sit and kind of watch, even this year when the pandemic happened, they furloughed her, and she's been there over 20 years, but they kept the people that were mm-hmm. brand new. And so it's like you watch those things, and it's hurtful. Um, and then you have to not only watch that, but then you have to – See these text messages from the, these investors texting my mm. grandmother. I'll give you 20,000. Co- I was like, uh, sorry, I'm in real estate. Um, This is dumb. <laughs> yeah, you're you're, <laughs> you're lowballing. And I think a lot of the reason uh, why I'm bothered is because they insult our intelligence so much. Mm-hmm. Um, There's 20,000. They'll take it. Like, yeah. No. <laughs> and they've done that to so many people across the tracks. Yeah. No. Gave this one lady 40,000 and she was gone. Yeah. My aunt, she sold her. She lives right over there on Pecan Avenue, um, you know, closer to the stadium as you go. Yep. Mm-hmm. They they gave a lot of them $40,000, and to some people, $40,000 sounds like a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate the mural and all of those things <laughs> like that because yeah. I feel like it's one thing to say you want to, you know, be inclusive and try to help, but it's another thing to actually exhibit those actions. Mm-hmm. And I know from Jump, the bank was working with my family yeah. um, on stuff and having a community involved even before yes, it be- yeah. it was built. So I, I knew that like, it's a lot of stuff I know and that's why I'm kind of silently angry, but mm-hmm. I know for sure that that bank, they were already working with, with Carla on stuff before that bank was even built oh, yeah. and making Shout sure that everyone, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to we're walking in. Y'all go get some food, <laughs> but real. they were working with them. And so I appreciate that because they have the power to do so much for the community. And um, I'm hoping that our organizations will eventually be able to work with them as well, because there's a lot that we all could do together. The New Black Collective, Black Scent. Mm -hmm. It's so much that we could do with knowing the right people that would benefit East Waco. So I always say if y'all are listening, hit us up. Because (laughs) because I feel like the only way for people to build that trust is for us to be the gatekeepers. And I know we're young and people are like, well, y'all don't know anything, but I mean, we can learn and we probably know more than (laughs) y'all. You'd be surprised. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) Um, It's apparent in a lot of situations, but 
I don't know. I just, it's weird to see them buy those homes for so cheap and then they flip them or they make them vacation homes. And I'm oh, like, yeah, like Airbnbs, there's going to be a lot more of those. Popular. They're already over there mm-hmm. in vacation homes in East Waco. It's like, okay. Like, you know, it's just kind of, mm-hmm. it's kind of weird. Um, and I am glad that Paul Queen is still there. Um, the campus is still there. Cause I, I feel remains. like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's one thing that kind of has me like, oh, wow. Um, mm-hmm. Y'all went and bought everything else. What else have y'all bought that we don't know that you've bought? So. And not know everything that you're you're preaching about is 100% true. And I feel like that's a big part that I've learned during this process is, you know, how much Waco has failed each Waco in so many different ways and um it just makes you realize as a person um what position you want to be in especially in like you know especially when it comes to the terms where you're speaking about the residents and the natives who've been there for years and years and years building this legacy that people are profiting off of because people see the gym now and they want to polish it off and they want to say oh okay this is marketable especially in this climate where you have, you know, black pain and black struggles um, be pushed to the forefront mm-hmm. because it looks good. It's a, it's a promotion. It's a corporation move, like you said. There's a, not to cut you off, but that just made me remind, it reminded me of this episode of Euphoria that they just put out that I watched the <laughs> other day. And the whole episode is like an hour-long conversation between Zendaya and like this other like black actor, which I knew his name. But one of the examples that he mentioned about like corporations and advertisements and stuff mm-hmm. like that was Nike. And he said he told like a little story about how he went into a Nike store to get some shoes and or maybe he wasn't gonna buy no shoes or whatever. But he saw this big ad and it was like, you know, um, your life matters or something like that and like, you know, black mm-hmm. and white letters kinda go along with the whole like Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. And he's like, People look at that and he's like they're taking pictures with it and stuff like that and he's like, you know, they're feeling like good about themselves and like you know, just make you want to buy some shoes. And he was like, you know, I was in there trying some shoes on and stuff like that. And I thought about it. And he's like, these are the same shoes that y'all have, like, you know, kids make for, like, 30 cents or something like that in another mm-hmm. country. And he was like, you know, I threw the shoe down. I was like, F Nike and stuff like that and left. Because, like, he kind of just, like, he just kind of snapped back, you know, in the reality. Yeah. Is that it's, it's a power move. You know, they want y'all to, not to say that there aren't people who don't care, and not to say that like you know corporations you know don't do good things to try to help out, right. but a lot of times it's it's always money motivated. They know that like that they put fifty thousand towards this movement and make all the headlines and whatever. That revenue's gonna come back way more yeah. when all these people see that and like oh that pe- that corporation you know likes me. That corporation like you know you know it's cool with me. Like mm-hmm. they want their culture money. That's what they that's what they want and. Um, Chandler, um, he was at the first protest with us. He he he's who like uh, sent that in suggestion. You know, talk about mentioning yeah. you know, East Waco, and I'm glad it tied into you know just the mural and everything so perfectly. You know, anyway, but it is really um, it is really sad and disrespectful. You know, it's kind of going on here, and I can't I can't help but think of like Houston. Anytime I think of like kind of Waco and how, you know, the over-gentrification is happening over, you know, the East, because Houston is a city that's kind of been able to balance it. You Mm -hmm. know, they have their corporations, they have, you know, their companies, they have their whatever. But if you go to, like, Third Ward and stuff like that, you know, it's still very rich (laughs) in, like, black culture. Like, it's not no, 
it doesn't feel like robbed or kind of just like you it's know. raw it's just there exactly yeah, <laughs> like it's, you, just, you just feel the energy i'm not even from houston i have family in houston <laughs> me too but i'm not from houston so like if it's anytime i go i just like i just have a good time like i love houston so much mm-hmm. and i i would all the things that waco want to accomplish i would i hope that's one thing that they finally like realize like oh maybe if we put you know, people who actually understand what's going on over here in places of power to help actually affect these places. Maybe things will get better here. Like, maybe they don't want things to get better here, but we're not going nowhere no time soon. So it's like you're going to have to compromise. You're going to have to bend. You're going to have to start putting in changes that are actually going to positively affect the people that are in these communities and have been in these communities because the gentrification and the stealing and stuff like that isn't going to, it's not going to fly, you know? It's yeah. Not, yeah. But people are being more conscious, I feel like, now of it as a collective and saying, oh, wait. Especially with this COVID you thing. Know, yeah. Uh, this whole this whole pandemic, I, like, people have this huge debate, you know, of whether or not it was man-made and, you know, the government did it and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Or if it's a genuine, like, worldwide, you know, pandemic. Yeah. But either way it goes, um, it exposed a lot of holes in this country. A lot of, a lot of people are more oh, conscious yeah. now. Whether they realize it or not, and maybe whether they like you know truly care or not, like there's a whole lot of things that are right, you know, that we have to now like make amends for going forward, and you know, it, it'll. But they say what happens in the dark comes to the light. Exactly. So, you know that is true to a statement. Um, I feel, and to me, it's just like in these opportunities, I'm I I feel so indifferent yeah. a lot of times because you you wanna be able to be a gatekeeper um like um ashley right jasmine Jasmine. i don't know why i thought Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i know i was thinking ashley ashley womack i wanted to give her a shout out too because she was a huge help in this um we had a lot we had a really good conversation that we was talking about exactly what jasmine was talking about um earlier Mm. with how they're trying to buy out the homes and stuff like that um, she was on my brain So when you were talking about that <laughs> I was like Hold on Ashley Ashley but Yes um, We had spoke on Zoom And she I know that she had tried to run For um, school board And mm. she didn't win But um, That was like She was really passionate about that But uh, Back on topic um, Yeah Pretty much I feel indifferent Cause You have these moments Where you wanna Be a gatekeeper But then you also You You start to uh, learn and be educated on all of this yeah. you know shady shadiness yeah. that that is happening behind the curtains and um you sometimes don't want to be involved like no, yeah. i can see why you know the, the our elders they're tired like yeah. they don't want nothing to do with it because they're like we don't necessarily even need y'all you know in a sense like we need to get each other together as black people. We need to come together. We need to resolve our issues. We need to be more positive, help each other, support each other, lift each other. That's what we need to do. Yeah. Um. And that's gonna get us further than anything. It's when we once we heal the inner. Um. And so like I understand where they where they come from when you know they they take a huge step back, but um I also feel like they kind of passed the torch on for us. You know, the younger generation. I was about to say, they're so excited when they see us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) They're like, yes, yes, y'all out there doing it. Um, Miss Miller. (laughs) Yeah, I know, for real. Shout out to all of them. Miss Miller, um, Miss Barefield, you know, Miss Matthews, all it, like, Miss White. Like, there's so many different people um, that I know just has helped me along this process, especially during the heat of everything, because this year was crazy. A lot of people didn't have a lot of time due to the election or 
just like their own daily routine that they were just trying to, you know, get through. Yeah. And that's understandable. Um, a project like this, especially if it's not necessarily owned from the community, isn't going to get everybody's, you know, hurrah. Yeah. Um, and that's just the re- that's realistic. You know, you can't expect everybody to want to be involved. Um, you more so got to see what your position is yeah. and see what vital role you're going to play. Because right. I pushed and I pushed and I pushed for what we're about to get on that wall right now. And um, it's been a process and I'm not going to act like it was an easy process, but you just start to learn for yourself um, the responsibility that carries when you don't give up on a vision and you just, you stay true to your roots. And so that's, that's, that would be my like overarching message for that mural. Just like stay true to your roots. Don't lose sight of yourself. Don't lose sight of who you are. Um, don't change who you are just because somebody say it's more, it's it fits better for them yeah. in their vision. Stick true to yours. Well, but yeah. Forever and always. Um. Well, yeah. Okay. There was one more. Well, there's a couple like different topics. Uh, two of those we have to push those to episodes next season yeah they're like very um yeah. not on the same spectrum i was like oh okay mm, yeah i think we need to answer those today <laughs> so we will answer y'all's other questions and talk about those other topics on other episodes yeah. they just didn't fit the the narrative today <laughs> but they're, they're good yeah no, yeah I, I, but they're really good i'm glad that we got a few we'll try to keep you know doing that um, you know, keep getting suggestions and stuff from people as we continue to grow. And um, before we start doing like the you know kind of send off and all that kind of stuff, I want to say, um, because one of them, one of them was like talk about like Christmas and its effect or COVID and its effect on Christmas and stuff like that. And it's made me think about you know people who are kind of less fortunate and have been dealing with the effects of the pandemic throughout mm-hmm. the year, so they really can't you know afford to have a Christmas. You know, mm-hmm. so um. For those of you who have always kind of wanted to just be involved in your community and kind of just activism, but you didn't really mm-hmm. just want to protest and stuff like that, you can always donate clothes. There's plenty of like donation boxes mm-hmm. around the city if you don't trust yeah. like Salvation Army or, you know, people have their little different grievances with stuff like that. So, yeah, there's different actual donation boxes. Um, you can reach out to different charities and see if they're doing like clothes drives and stuff like that. The New Black Collectors did a code drive not that long ago. Um, and, uh, you know, just... I don't know. Just um, just remember the people who kind of struggled this year. You know, there's people who come into the place that I work at every day and they cry about, you know, a grocery that we don't have. And I'm yeah. like, or my favorite one is people, um, they're real picky about like certain toilet paper brands. And I'm like, y'all are funny. Because there was a point in time where nobody could get toilet paper at all. So the fact that yeah. you're still picky about it is just crazy to me. But I don't know. Just, you know, everybody's kind of just remember you know just remember you know the people who are still struggling and stay humble yeah exactly (laughs) forever like forever and always because everything that you do have that people kind of brag about can just be snatched up at any you know given time um but yeah that's all i got you know and also there's um different agencies um a lot of the times i know people probably think that the new black collective has not been working um but we have we've done a lot of Mm -hmm. uh, things in private this year um, when the pandemic started, we gave food and um, basic home necessities to like three families. Um, we did adopt a mm-hmm. senior. 
Uh, we've been helping a senior at UNT. We uh, did Christmas for two foster children. So um, you don't always have to do things out loud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that a lot of people <laughs> learn it. You don't have to record everything. You don't have to do everything out loud. It doesn't mean that you're not working if you're not being seen. Yeah. Um, so tap into those things because I know that those foster kids, um, uh, there was a lot of kids on their list and we adopted two of them um so that they would be able to have some type of christmas but also remember that i mean the real reason for the holidays is to be with your family to bond i know that we've done a lot of family bonding this year involuntarily but it may have been needed for so many people because a lot of people are so detached from what uh family and structure and community mean um i think that this year was forcibly good (laughs) for for a lot of us because you get to get back to reality and so a lot of people who go all out um during christmas are kind of upset right now but i mean it is what it is at the mm-hmm. end of the day there's a lot of people who never have a christmas so if you're crying about yeah. not having one then you need to do you need to do some soul searching and some self-evaluation because True. it's not gonna always be like that and if this is your first time experiencing that then you are still blessed because so many people never get to have a christmas exactly. mm-hmm. so remember the reason for the season even if you aren't religious um I was about to say Jesus reads for the season. That's for the Christians. But if you are not Christian, just remember mm-hmm. that the reason for the season is for you to love on the people that love on you. Yeah. Yeah. And keep that in mind when you're pouting about something because I like after the cold drive, every year what we're gonna do is if we have coats left over, go past them out. We did it last year, we did it this year. There's so many people downtown by Salvation Army who are not gonna ever have a Christmas. And yeah. if you're complaining about your coins not adding up to go buy your kid a new PS five or the new Xbox, then you really need to do, like I said, some self evaluation because there are so many people who wish that they simply had somewhere to lay their heads. Yeah. So just keep that in mind when, you know, you're complaining about a toilet tissue brand they don't have toilet tissue they yeah, have to yeah. go where they can go um their kids don't have toys because they don't have money to even give them shelter so i think closing this this year um we would tell y'all to be grateful for what you do have because in an instant it can be taken away well yeah i feel that you have anything else you want to say well i just wanted to say shout out to y'all the new black collective because Thank you. when um Big shout out. people were even interviewing me first off of the protests and stuff like that they thought i was involved with y'all <laughs> <laughs> oh well <laughs> no for real they were like excited and they were like oh yeah the new black collective they're doing a lot of great work and so i was like hold on let me see who this is like you know i didn't know at the time but um shout out to y'all because y'all are doing a lot of great things and Thank i know you. that we Your talk own. about trying to you know get to the points where we're doing stuff like y'all and you know vice versa we're collaborating and doing right. things that is going to serve the community mm-hmm. um but yeah just leaving off at that everything that you guys were saying i just want to thank y'all for at least having me on the show and be able to absolutely voice my perspective and how i feel about um you know east waco no thanks for coming on um, do you want to do thanks? Yes, so we would be remiss if we did not thank Mike for giving <laughs> us this show. Um, a lot of people don't know how the show came about, so Change Waco uh, was born and birthed early June when the protests uh, started. Mm-hmm. Um, Quavis, uh, Peacock, Hope, I don't know how to say Hope, Balfour, Mr. Kim, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like Hope, that. um, Kent, um, McKeever with, um, Mr. Shawnee. 
what is what does he work? He works for like a a, a nonprofit. Yeah, he's yeah. like a nonprofit lawyer. So which is great for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, oh, so many people. I can't even name everybody, but a lot of the faces that you see in the community that have been um helping with different initiatives to get you know the brown and black voices in Waco heard. Um, mm-hmm. We all kind of collaborated um, and came up with Change Waco. Um, we were on Zoom calls almost every week trying to figure out, and we're still working, but we're in a waiting process. Oh, Pastor Marlin from um, St. Luke AME. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so many people, but we all collaborated so that we would be able to bring something to Waco that would help with not only, you know, us being heard as black and brown people, but also us being heard in spaces that, um, are in relation to the courts and um, policies and things like that. And so hope is this person, you cannot not see her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess Mike saw her <laughs> and <laughs> he told her, you know, um, about, you know, doing a podcast and she asked the group who would be willing to do it. And of course the youngest of us was yeah. like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, we spoke we'll do, that. Uh, we'll we'll do that. I mean, we're the youngest. Um, yeah. we, we started these organizations, so why not? And that's how stories of the streets was born. Um, it's been an amazing journey and people telling us, Oh, I listen to y'all. Dave, you are telling me I got fans. I was like, I yeah. got fans, <laughs> yeah. but it's been cool. So these last few months have really been, great um as far as self-growth i'll say the self-growth um listen to other stories we yeah. want to thank all of our guests yeah. um lemmy yeah um miss michelle love yes uh, miss love and yeah, then the uh, the politician Vick. right kevin yeah. and now vincent hey so <laughs> we thank people for even being um willing to come on the show and talk to us because we had no experience yeah um, <laughs> every day like there's some days where we, what are we gonna talk about like before we come in here like, what are we gonna do, do? Yeah, what are we gonna yeah, talk yeah. about and so we started this thing with no experience but now it's become like our second job oh our time is going off just on time <laughs> but this has become like our second job and something that we've grown to love um greatly yeah so we can't wait to do more episodes talk about more topics yeah. i hope we get syndicated because i got something to say <laughs> to the world <laughs> and we're gonna be like mike yes. did it mike mike gave us the chance yeah. everybody get on rogue media network no, for, and i have had people who are asking me like who, who helped, like sponsors your podcast stuff like that my rogue media do you pay attention to anything that i post because i'm like yeah, you'll he's see. always on there always and it's on, like, uh, we have yeah. like i mean it's on the episodes too yeah yeah i'm like <laughs> if you ever if you ever he's always posting like different flyers stuff like that and it's saying and we share it to our stories out, yeah, yeah. So, start a podcast this is where you go and like go to rogue media like you know are we allowed to talk about a new studio oh we are getting a new studio so shout out to mike because mike <laughs> has taken this thing full on and hopefully next year our newest episode will be in the new studio so yeah. we're excited yeah, yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. Congratulations. congratulations mike yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're excited so next year we will see y'all from a different space yeah. and maybe we'll get to collaborate with some of our rogue media family there's a lot of us y'all we have yeah. this group text that's hilarious yeah. so there's like an entire network so if you are looking for someone to host your podcast mike is your guy yeah thanks mike um but as always you know i'm david with black Scent. and i am jasmine with the new black collective and this has been stories of the streets thanks y'all for you know listening and tuning in and follow us I almost forgot on Instagram at Stories of the Streets. We are on 
Spotify yeah, <laughs> and, and iTunes. Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Stories of the Streets yeah. as well. You can follow Rogue Media on Instagram and then Black Sense on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Yeah, the new Black Collective is on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I think Mike is also on Facebook and Twitter as well at Rogue Media Network. Yeah. Uh, visit our websites. I mean, just type in the names. You'll find us. <laughs> Google, Google us. Yeah. Um, I was about to say something else. Oh, if you are interested in being a guest, please email us at storiesofthestreets at gmail.com. Yeah, thank you. We're always, you know, willing to have somebody to come on. This has been Rogue Media Network Podcast.